I'm I'm just gonna keep it up. It it actually makes no difference to me. So all, all right, right, I'm gonna yeah. bring it in in three, two. Welcome aboard, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Wealthy Sports Lounge. I am your host, Justin, joined here via Zoom by my co-host, Tyler. How you doing, Tyler? Good, man. Happy New Year, and Happy New Year to everybody else. Happy New Year. We are uh, currently doing this via Zoom because of the, what did we get, 18 inches of snow over the last uh, 24 hours, something like that. Yeah, Yeah, a light dusting, as we would call it, in northern Michigan. (laughs) But down here, it's serious business. So we are conducting business from home tonight and joined by my new friend, special guest, Chance. How you doing, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me tonight, and Happy New Year to everybody out there. Thanks for coming aboard. We appreciate you. Um, we had uh, just weird circumstances this week. We moved the date. We changed the guests. It's uh, it's all working, and it's going to be awesome. So, so let's talk about the Baker Mayfield situation. He's he's getting some death threats and social media nonsense. And and actually, a rumor came out. Outkick reported today that he's uh, he's reportedly asking for a trade out of Cleveland. Um, t- Tyler, do you think he should have played on Monday even after they were eliminated from the playoffs? Absolutely not. You know, this is this is your potential franchise quarterback, and you have absolutely no reason to play. The guy's been hurt since what week five, week week six, whatever it was. It was stupid early in the season, and at the end of the day, all you're doing is damaging your quarterback. And I I, I can appreciate from a leadership standpoint. You know, Baker not wanting to phone it in and, um, you know, go out there and play for the guys. You know, you even saw it late in the game where um, he sprinted for a first down, put his injured shoulder down, <clears throat> and uh, and took contact. Um, nobody's disputing his toughness. But at the end of the day, Baker's already kind of shot his huge contract extension in the foot based on his play this year, you know. Results are what they are. You can make the excuses of being hurt and what have you, but – uh, you're not gonna, you're not gonna make Patrick Mahomes money after the year that he had. So, to me, shut the shit down, man. Get him healthy, and uh, you know, play on that fifth year option next year. Chance, what do you think? I I actually mostly agree with you in that case, Tyler. Uh, I feel like the Baker situation. Well, first of all, sorry to jump around. The death threats are absolutely unacceptable. It's repulsive that that would happen. He's 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 brought Cleveland to places that they never thought they would go. Whether you think that someone else could have done better or not, you'd, you'd assume that someone would be kind of grateful for that. But uh, as far as Baker himself, um, unfortunately, they have surrounded him with a really good team and it's hard for him to make a case like with how he's played this season that um, they should certainly not be looking to extend him long-term until after next year. Yeah, absolutely. My, so I, they'll probably pick up his fifth year option, which is uh, roughly 18 million or so against the cap. And then um, the, the future, in my opinion, Browns fans need to do a little bit of soul searching because I'm old enough to remember when the Browns <laughs> won one game in two years and um, Baker came in and turned the franchise around. Uh, he's had three head coaches in his short four or five years in Cleveland. And I think that he, it's 
it's unacceptable to expect this guy to be the you know Jesus Christ of this franchise. I mean, it, by all by all numbers, he is. He turned he turned a team that was worse than the Lions into a uh, into a um, into a formidable team. And granted, lots of help. I mean, stud running backs, uh, above average wide receivers, good tight ends, good defense, good O line. Um, and if he, even if he's not the most talented cat in the world, if he's the glue that can hold it all together, I think he hurt himself playing injured this year. He should have shut it down yeah. in week two, had labrum surgery, and and hopefully, you know, Case Keenum can get him in, get him through eight nine weeks as a five hundred football team. Maybe he straps it up in week twelve and uh, can mm-hmm. make a playoff push. But I just, I don't. He did him. You're right. He did himself a huge disservice by playing injured this whole year, and I think that it, you know, it's going to cost him a lot of money. I'd love to see him stay with Cleveland because I think that uh, he's perfect for Cleveland. But again, the the death. Come on, like that's so dumb. I I can't. There's no place for that. And um, I'd say, dude, delete your Twitter account. Have surgery. (laughs) Get in physical therapy. Uh, get some work in, get ready for next year, and uh, go win that division. So, yeah, the only way I see him, you know, the Browns realistically doing this is if if they somehow have a shot at, say, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. I mean, who else are you going to unload him for? Guess what? You know, Russell Wilson's not going to Cleveland. No, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> no. is not going to Cleveland. No. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's. Pretty much it. I mean, who else are you going to upgrade? Deshaun uh, Watson. Uh, go sh- yeah, I was going to say Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson has a no trace. There's clause. not enough. He's not going there, to Cleveland. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, and I think it's what's what's most interesting about this is you've had um, a, a number of ex Browns quarterbacks that have come out about this this whole media spin about uh, there there being problems with Stefanski and Baker. Um, Brandon Whedon and both and Sean Kaiser have both come out in defense of Baker in particular, but they've been calling out Mary Kay Cabot, I guess, who is the local reporter who's been seemingly having it out with Cleveland Brown quarterbacks for the past decade. So um, I don't, I, from the sounds of it, it doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of substance to this. And this is just a, uh, rogue reporter trying to start shit in Cleveland. So mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, absolutely. All right, moving on to the next topic. I'm going to throw to Chase first on this one because I know Tyler's <laughs> going to want to wrap it up with his thoughts. Um, Chicago-based sports writer with MB- with an MVP vote says, he won't vote for Rodgers because of damage done to the team in the preseason and that Rodgers is an overall bad guy. Chase, what, do, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I definitely think that it's ridiculous. That guy should definitely be embarrassed. I agree with Aaron Rodgers that he should have his vote revoked. Um, and it's just an absolutely ridiculous thing to, to equate to it. It's supposed to be judged by his on-field performance. It's really simple. Tyler. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, you know, I, at the, having him removed, I don't know if that's the right play necessarily. Um, but also at the end of the day, why the hell? Who the hell, who the hell is this guy? Uh, <laughs> you know, if if you're going to make a, a rash decision based on um, hurt feelings, and because your your owner plays for Green Bay, uh, that just seems like a stupid, an absolutely stupid reason. And this is a guy that has, um, you know, basically power over all the major awards 
uh, in the NFL. So uh, you have to bring, um, you know, an unbiased mindset to that. But at the end of the day, I, I don't know what the selection criteria is for these people. I don't know if anybody does. And I, I don't know why we're not putting this in a situation where the ex players are, are in charge of this. You know, you've got to, got to figure some other criteria out for this um, or you're going to have to, to bring in more voters because th- this is essentially 2% of the vote, which, you know, ultimately isn't a huge um, portion of the vote, but yeah, it makes you, it makes you wonder how many of the other voters are thinking along the same lines. Is this, yeah. is, is this a, is this just some butt, butt hurt Chicago sports reporter um, uh, he, who's got his panties in a wad because Roger said that he owns him um you know not three months ago and or is is this kind of a like a it almost i always i almost wonder if it's good that they they got the cat out of the bag on this and there was as much backlash as there was because maybe this is a common feeling amongst the you know the ghosts that are the MVP voters. I guess they're not ghosts. You could probably look up all these people's names, but I've never heard of this Joker until no. um, until this story broke. So, yeah, I think McAfee, McAfee said it best. You know, at the end of the day, uh, no, it was Chris Sims. It was Chris Sims I was listening to. You know, um, if hurt feelings are going to influence your vote and, and you're talking about how he hurt your team in the offseason, they're the number one seed. They have the best record in the NFL. Um where where exactly did he did he ultimately hurt the team if that's the case? Right. Um, you know, he missed missed the Chiefs game, but guess what? Still best record in the NFL. Yeah. Still v- number but one. Didn't uh, didn't vaccinated De- Devonte Adams miss a game too? How many vaccinated sure players have missed games this year? Sure did. So I don't want to hear it's this a, shit. It's like he, the only people that he lied to about this whole situation was you and your media <laughs> colleagues. Um, <laughs> It, and every like everybody in the building knew the NFL yep. knew, and maybe there are some some protocols violated, and they slapped him with a fine, and you know what? It, what did Aaron Ro- Aaron Rodgers got fined a cheeseburger basically in NFL money? So yeah, <laughs> um, you know you you want to talk about bad people? There there's been much worse yeah. people that have legitimate yeah. um, bad things that they've done that have won these awards. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, OJ Simpson, Lawrence OJ Taylor, Simpson, Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, you know it goes on and Lawrence, on. Lewis. Didn't lo- yeah. I? Don't even know what Lawrence Kirkhouse Taylor State. did. I, all I know is pretty, uh, pretty ghastly. And they still had that dude highlighting the the John Madden documentary documentary that aired uh, a couple weeks ago. So yeah. like, I yeah, that my, bad my guy, Vic, mad guy. You play ball good. <laughs> The list Everybody goes on and on. You want to talk? This. Yeah. You want to talk about bad people? I mean, fuck. Rogers. <laughs> yeah. Rogers has some interesting uh, theories on on you know his vaccine protocols, and he stood up for himself this offseason. I mean, if, if that's the worst you got, that that makes it ultimately disqualified from MVP. I, I I yeah. think you've got some bigger problems than that. I agree. You know, but to the point being, I, I don't think he should necessarily lose his vote. I mean, everybody has is entitled to their opinion for sure, but they've definitely got to revamp the the selection process on how they're picking these people to make these votes. There's no question about it. For sure. Well, um, let's uh, we will get to this in a second because I'm going to add in a uh, uh, I'm going to add in a topic little bit down the road um 
towards the end. But uh, we'll get to that in a second. Because we talked a lot about bad guys, but there's one, there's an elephant in the room that we haven't we haven't brought up. Like you know, everybody's like it's 2022, new year, new me, and this is get like we're gonna leave all the demons of 2021 behind us. And all of a sudden, this motherfucker Antonio Brown comes in like, <laughs> no, I am not leaving 2021 in the past. And we are going to light this bitch on fire in New York. So shout out to Antonio Brown for setting the internet on fire. Um, and the, the meme, the memes have been outstanding. Have they not? They've been awesome. <laughs> top here. Top it's just a side note. I'm part of a, a mortgage broker meme page on Facebook. And I, there have been no less than 37 memes posted uh, like 24 <laughs> hours after that whole thing happened of, and you're not, you're not in mortgage and you've seen this one. They'd show a picture of him shirtless running out of the end zone. And they're like, this is why your mortgage company is going to call your employer the day you close to make sure you still have a job. <laughs> it's so great. So uh, Chance, do you think he's ever going to play again? No, I mean, I don't, I don't see why a team would, would, would take the risk on him. I mean, like it, he, this, he looks so bad in this situation because he can't prove that he was actually hurt. He like every chance the Buccaneers have given him to step up and prove that there was actually something wrong with him and of validity to what he was saying. He, he can't do it. So he basically just quit on his team at, at halftime and it's because he wasn't getting the ball thrown to him which is insane because didn't he have like 11 catches the previous week? It's absurd. He had 15 targets and 10 catches for 100 yards. Yeah. I mean, and, and oh, oh by the way, the Bucks came back and won the game without him. Yeah. Against the Jets. What a piece of shit. But still, they were way, they were down in that game. When they should have lost. They, they should have lost. Like, we're not even going to get into some of the questionable uh, time management and fourth down play calling by the Jets. Like, we're we're not even gonna get into that. the 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 bottom line is the buck the buck should have lost that game. But we're talking yep. about Antonio Brown right now. Um, what like do you? My concern is, and just looking at it from a human perspective, like there's there's there's, and we all knew that he was a bit of a loose cannon. And one of my favorite broadcasters, NBA player Charles Barkley, said it best. You can have one knucklehead in a locker room. Like, if you got a good, strong locker room, you can have one knucklehead. You can't have two. Um, and you would think that having legendary leader, um, leader of men, Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, players coach, he's a hard ass, but everybody loves him. You would think that they could handle a guy like A.B. But... It what I, I just it's so hard for me to wrap my brain around like it, the bottom line is, is that could he play in the NFL again? Yes, he could. I don't think he should, though. Do you think he should or Tyler or do you think that it's it's going to do irreparable damage if he's back in some random locker room next year and more of this is going to happen? I mean, he's free to sign right now. So um, I'm going to flip the question here a little bit because sure. I. I uh, there's been a lot that's been coming out these last couple of days. And, and what's, what's honestly shocked me is the amount of uh, support seemingly siding with Antonio Brown here. Now, uh, especially based on history with, with Antonio Brown, there's, there's not a whole lot of, a lot of positives there. 
do you think if this is any other player, uh, do you think any of his uh, accusations um, or quote unquote proof that he's been providing has, would carry any weight if this was not Antonio Brown? Yes, it would. I think it would. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you because have any- because if you have an okay, let's let's uh, rewind a little bit to mm-hmm. uh, the to, the Tom Coughlin led Jacksonville Jaguars and all mm-hmm. of the nefarious allegations that were coming out of that locker room about how the players were being mistreated, um, they're being fined, like pe- players on IR were being fined for not reporting to the building, just some mm-hmm. like really really like you know. Like old school, like high school mentality, you know, coming from Tom, he was he was ultimately fired for it. Um, so if A B was De- Devonte, somebody with like Devonte Adams, like character, or stature, or reputation, if mm-hmm. Devonte Adams comes out and says something like this, I'm listening a hundred percent. But Antonio Brown gets zero benefit of the doubt in this in this yeah. situation. Do you agree, Chance? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I think the biggest the biggest catalyst for that isn't whether or not you like Antonio Brown was legitimately concerned about his ankle or whatever. He didn't have to quit like Bruce Arians told him you're you're effing done or whatever. But he could have just turned around and went and sat on the bench, which I think is what Arians expected him to. And then you sort you sort it out later. But he, 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 his behavior, he overplayed his hand mm-hmm. so badly. And I think, honestly, I, not to make excuses for the guy, uh, I don't know if it was the hit by Vontez Perfect or what, but he, the, he, he, he just has something wrong with him. Yeah. I mean, I think that's very clear that, that it, he, he's like, sadly enough, kind of one of those guys that we're waiting to see turn out like uh, Delonte West in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like we're just waiting to see the pictures of Antonio Brown, like Charles Rogers. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it's sad, but like, unless somebody intervenes and he turns himself around, yeah, like it's hard to imagine it turning out differently than that. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the, one of the things where it's, it's where do you draw the line, you know, production over um, the, the problems that he's, he's worth, you know? Yeah. Can he win you some games? Yeah, absolutely. He still can. He still, still plays at a very high level, but are you willing to deal with that? baggage if if he's going to take it deep into the playoffs you know um do i think that there's probably some more truth somewhere in the middle yeah absolutely but you know again when this is such a serious ankle injury and you know he's been been getting shot up with these painkillers you know it's it's wearing off at halftime and you know he's like oh well you know it's a totally different jogging off field Motherfucker, you weren't jogging off field. You were hopping up and down and interacting with yeah. fans all the way out out of. Out yeah, of he city. didn't. He didn't limp to his Uber ride home from. The- no, not <laughs> even a little bit. So you know, I and I, I made that comment to somebody. You know, excuse me for for doubting a guy like Antonio Brown uh, when he does something like this for the fifteenth time. You know. Mm-hmm. Just not a whole lot of <laughs> trust that I have for him, nor should any other team at this point. Absolutely. Justin alluded to it earlier uh, about the 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 way that Bruce Arians has a reputation with being a players coach. He's hard on them, but he, he's 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 known for being a players coach. And he said off the cuff in the conversation about it that Antonio Brown said point blank, "I'm not getting the ball," and it is 100 percent believable. 
that that was the catalyst to all of this. That's the yeah. problem for Antonio Brown is that Bruce Arian's story, like it fits with how you picture the situation developing. Mm-hmm. You, you, I, I don't agree with Skip Bayless on a lot of things, but I think he had a, he had a great point when, uh, you know, there was supposed to be a zero tolerance with Antonio Brown. Anyways, he does this fake vax card to begin with. And then Chris Godwin goes down. Uh, Mike Evans goes down and suddenly he's, he's seen as the savior to, to save their season. And then 15 targets immediately. And now he's been enabled as like, he's, he's buying into himself. I am the savior and I can do what the hell I want. You know, uh, guys still had five targets leading up to this this whole situation. So it's not like he was being completely neglected. And I get it. Your incentives are in the way. But Tom Brady's been famous for well, doing Well, you're not going to get you know? your incentives by sitting out the second yeah, half, which is what he was asking to do. Yeah, a whole other game. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. I, I'll i be shocked. I take that back. Nothing surprises me in the NFL anymore. <laughs> the guy, the guy's done so many bad things and still on a roster. So I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think he deserves it for sure. But something tells me Cowboys are gonna gonna call or something with Michael Gallup tearing his ACL and maybe maybe they'll bring him in. I don't know. All right. So um, we'll move on real quick to our, our against the spread uh, competition, and we'll do a quick uh, recap of last week. And I regrettably inform you that it was our worst week this year. <laughs> so we have the, um, oh, I just got a notification that we're running out of hot time. Hopefully it'll extend it. Otherwise I might have to, we might have to hop off and start a new one. Um, so we went five and 15 as an office. Woo! That is so bad. I went one and four. Tyler and Josh both went two and three and Joseph, I believe for the first time since week 12 had a offer went over five on his picks. Mm. So I like to, I like to recap this every week uh, chance. And if you're familiar with the show, you know, but we have an office against the spread competition where we each pick five games every week. And our producer is not an NFL fan whatsoever. He does not, He's watched 45 minutes of football this season, so he's he he doesn't he knows about football what he hears from this show. So maybe we're just not good educators, <laughs> or he's not taking our <laughs> advice. But um, he um, he w- he was riding about 50 percent for most of the year, so he was kind of like our control in this experiment. Is this skill or luck when you're handicapping games like this? And um, Tyler and Josh are both hovering right around 50%. Uh, 51, to be exact, is where Josh is at. He has a one-game lead over Tyler right now. And I am still sitting pretty. I Mid-season chance, I got an ab- on an absolute heater. And picking five games against the spread every week, I think at like week 13, after week 13, I cooled off a little bit. But at week 13, I was at like 69% on the year. Wow. Um, just unbelievable. And right now I'm sitting pretty at about 62%. Um, mathematically, it's possible that I lose this converse, that lose this competition, but I would have to go like, oh, for like two weeks in a row in order for that to happen. So, um, but this week, um, w- w- and, I, and we kind of texted about this and decided that with all of the homework it would require to figure out who's playing and who's not, 
Um, it doesn't really make sense for us to have five games this week against the spread. If we'll say you could pick up to five games, but if you want to pick three, uh, we'll just you can you can only have three games go against your percentage. If if we won't hold that against you, if you're not going to pick all five, so this is kind of an exception to the rule. Everybody was cool with it, so um, we'll start we'll start with chance. Looking at the lines right now, do you have any games that you? I call it a mortgage game. Any any game that you'd put the mortgage on? Yeah, my mortgage game this week. If if I had to if I had to have one would be <laughs> brought to you by Nest Mortgage Group. <laughs> uh go ahead sorry i interrupted you you're good would be the chiefs over the broncos they they have to win that game if they have any chance of catching the titans uh they will absolutely curb stomp denver in that game i like it as a big chiefs fan i like that so (laughs) yeah i'm i'm such a big fan i have chiefs i can't see it chiefs coasters for my (laughs) podcast table that's how big of a fan i am of the chiefs (laughs) Um, I like that game. I also like the Cowboys big on the road in Philly this week. Um, I think Philly is an oddball team, and I don't think they have the fellas to run with Dallas. I think Dallas should win by a touchdown. They're 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 uh, five point favorites on the road uh, this week. Saturday night game in Philly, coming off a a rough loss against Arizona. Very talented team. Um, I like Dallas. That's probably a game that I would put some that I'll probably pick. I'll include that in my picks this week. Tyler, do you have anything you like? Yeah, I'm going to talk about um, what I'm going to do. I'm going to do three, and then uh, for anybody listening, uh, I'll post my other two uh, towards the end of the week on the uh, on our page. I like it. Um, so you guys can, can check that out here later. Um, a couple games that I like, and of course we're looking at, you know, who's in, who's out. There's a couple teams that are locked up that I don't anticipate playing uh, their starters. So I, I, I think Cleveland is probably going to knock off Cincinnati with no Joe Burrow playing. Um, I, Case Keenum's a very competent uh, backup and uh, Burrow's been playing unbelievable. There's no way they're going to have the firepower that they did. And to be quite honest with their division wrapped up, I don't anticipate them uh, playing a whole lot of their starters this week. So uh, I'm going to take Cleveland in that game. Um, Laying the six then, points at home against the Bengals. Yes, sir. Okay. And then the other team that I that is fighting for their playoff lives, uh, the New Orleans Saints playing Atlanta uh, in Atlanta this week. They're uh, favored by three and a half points. Ooh. Um, Ooh. This is a game they got to win. I think Sean Payton's going to come up with a good game plan. Um, I also think that the Falcons are uh, – they're they're in some some turmoil a little bit. Obviously, we knew they were rebuilding. Uh, Kyle Pitts has had a phenomenal year. Rumor is Calvin Ridley is done with the team. Um, they're very talented receiver who is you know set to take the mantle from Julio Jones. Um, rumor is he will no longer be a Falcon after this season. So uh, he left I think week three or four for mental health. Um, but it sounds like they're all aiming for a fresh start. So mm-hmm. uh, before I do my third one, any any other locks that you guys see? I got one. Let me hear it. Uh, give me the Chargers, laying three points on the road at Las Vegas. Um, this is a kind of win in win in your end situation, and yes, sir. the Raiders are probably the most bizarre team that I've covered since we've been doing the show this year. I don't understand them one bit. They're good when they're when they shouldn't be good. They suck when they shouldn't suck, 
and that team has had um, more turmoil than any other NFL team. And and maybe, <laughs> maybe the Antonio Brown thing maybe made Tampa close, but that the there's no arguing that that the Raiders have had more turmoil than any NFL team this year, and somehow they're a win away from getting into the playoffs. Um, in a pretty good division with the Chargers, the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's they, they beat the Colts on the road last week, which nobody expected that to happen. Um, yeah, I the, the Raiders, to me, um, they're, they're good, but they're inconsistent, and I think that's going to catch up to them this week when um, Justin Herbert and the boys come into town. Uh, I'll lay the three points for the Chargers. Um, they they win and cover in L.A. or in Las Vegas. All right. I'll ask you guys one. I just need a winner here since this is uh, they're fighting for their playoff lives here. And it's a division game, so those are always good. Pittsburgh at Baltimore. What do you got? I just mm. need a winner. I don't care about spread. Is, is Lamar, <laughs> is Lamar starting in? for the Ravens this That's, week? That's what it's looking like. It's trending towards that. But yeah, give me the, Ra- give me the Ravens for sure. I don't like any underdogs this week, by the way. Just I think I would, I would take the Ravens anyways. It's interesting that you guys say that because I actually like, like, especially against the spread, but I actually feel good about all their chances to win. I actually like the Raiders, the Steelers, the Falcons and the Eagles. I love it. A lot of dogs. A lot and of I dogs. Can, I can go point for point if you want me to explain why. Go for it. But the Eagles, first of all, um, and I'm actually a Cowboys honk. I don't necessarily have a favorite team in the NFL, but if I did, it would probably be Dallas or Tennessee. All right. How about and them, Cowboys? I, I just feel like that the way that Dallas has been playing, they haven't looked that great. And I feel like Philadelphia is going to come in there. They need to win that game. They're going to run the ball and it's going to be, it's going to be an Eagle style game. The Raiders and the chargers, I don't have as articulate of a reason. It's mainly just because the chargers beat them earlier this season. I feel like that the AFC West is like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think they have a decent shot in that game. And the same thing with the Falcons and the saints, the Falcons and the saints is actually one of the NFL's weirdest rivalries. The two teams beat each other all the time when they're not supposed to. Um, And obviously I wouldn't be surprised if the saints do win that game, but I definitely Mm -hmm. like Atlanta to cover. Yeah. Falcons have a real, or the Falcons have a real quarterback. I mean, if you're going to take Matt Ryan or Taysom Hill, who would you rather have? I'm I'm, I'll take Matt Ryan, you know, maybe that I think the gadget guy, <laughs> I don't mine. know. Like the foul, like the the Saints probably have a better defense, but is there a category that the 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 I mean, the Falcons are better at tight end. Um, maybe the Saints are better at receiver, but I think that's kind of a toss up. Boy, um, yeah. So. Those are two decimated receiving cores, man. Yeah, uh, it, you know, and if if you're gonna go based on a defense, obviously the Saints are actually a really good defense this year. So yeah. Well, um, let me let me ask you this real quick. Let's segue mm-hmm. to a game that actually matters: uh, the Packers versus the Lions. On that's Sunday. where I'm heading. Yes, that's my that's my other pick. We will be there <laughs> on Sunday. Looking forward. Yeah, to it. all um, three of us will be there. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's right, Chance. I'll get to meet you. Yeah. that'll be cool. Yeah. Tim uh, Boyle versus Jordan Love. All right, cool. So for my last uh, last lock, we're going to segue right into our, la- our our next segment here. Uh, Detroit versus Green Bay. Uh, all three of us will actually be at that game this Sunday. Um, so some interesting 
news, and it sounds like that Green Bay is going to play all their starters. For, for how long, who knows? But it, it has been confirmed by LaFleur, by Rodgers, by Adams, that they are they are all, all going to be a go uh, come Sunday. So it, my, my lock is going to be Green Bay, just so we get that out of the way. But that, that brings me to my next point. How do you guys feel they should handle um, starters when, when a team is locked up their bye, especially with these longer seasons? Do you think it's advantageous to rest their starters and take the two weeks of rest? Or do you feel like momentum should be more at play here? Play your starters, pedal to the metal, and go into the bye uh, hot off of, of a full game. I think that you need to – it depends a hundred percent on the team. If you have, if you're going into a week 18, you've got the number one seat locked up. If you've got guys banged up, those guys don't sniff the field. If you've got guys, somebody has got a hammy that's, that's kind of hampering them or uh, somebody kind of tweaks an ankle or something like that, that they're coming back from. If, if like, like what Cincinnati's doing, Joe Burrow took a nasty shot and he's, he, what did he get hit in the ribs or something? And he's not a hundred percent. He, he could, if they were, if, Today, if Sunday was a playoff game, Joe Burrow's playing, but he's not playing because he's banged up. So my opinion on the Packers right now, they really don't have a lot of guys that are. In, they had some injury concerns earlier in the year. Um, I think they should treat this game like a uh, like a, like the last game of the preseason, where you let your starters go full tilt for a half, and then let let the guys um, let let your second stringers get in there in the second half. I think. Um, you can do a lot on offense, especially on the offensive side of the ball where timing is crucial. Um, because if you, if you don't let them play on Sunday, that's, that's three weeks from game to game. That's a ton of time off. So you're going to get a guys out of rhythm. And Roger said it on McAfee earlier this week, you know, back in uh, 2014, I believe when they, they, they had the number one seed, they came out flat against the the Giants in the first round so of the playoffs. Season one year. Yeah, I don't need a reminder. Exactly. Yeah, you, you <laughs> know exactly painful. what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, my opinion: the Packers should play their starters, not only for that reason, but because I'm going to my first NFL game since I'm I'm seven, and I want to see Rodgers play. So, if if that asshole sits out this game against <laughs> the Lions, that that should that reporter in Chicago is 100 percent correct, and Aaron Rodgers should not get voted MVP. So that is my. <laughs> <laughs> that is my take on that. Chance, what do you think? Um, well, in this case, I mean, first of all, I do want to say that, like, especially Rogers and LaFleur and the team leadership, they've been in this position, not necessarily exactly, but having a bye, being favored uh, going into the playoffs, and, and they fell flat. So I think that there's credence to what they're saying. As a prognosticator, I don't like the fact that Rogers has been wincing every time someone looks at his toe. I forgot about And then that. he's going to play good in this game. Like, like to me, <laughs> it kind of goes against that. But then again, he knows it too. Maybe it's one of those things where it's not going to get better. He's just going to have to deal with the pain, regardless of whether he plays or doesn't play. It's not going to make any difference. And, I mean, he, he you know, he, know, he knows that too. So, I mean, I, like, I don't want to be overly critical. In general, I would go on the side of benching your starters unless you're looking at an undefeated season. You can't, you can't surrender that. It's too important. Your team does lose momentum. But 
again, in this case, it's the Lions. They probably won't even be able to touch Rodgers. Like, he, he, <laughs> like he, he gets rid of the ball so fast, they'll probably call relatively conservative plays. The player I think they should not play is actually Aaron Jones. I don't see any reason to play him. I, I'm a personally huge Aaron Jones fan. I think he's a really good player. You want him healthy for the postseason, just give the ball to A.J. Dillon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. One, A.J. Dillon's one, that snowplow that you're going to have in that cold weather up there. Yes. But one, yes, one thing that I want to note, too, is that, and I think this might have been why we saw su- such a like huge line movement on this game earlier in the week, because when the the uh, on on Monday I believe this line came out, it was it was um, Packers minus eleven, and it has moved to uh, it's moved uh, damn near eight points. I think uh, three and a half right now. I believe yep. is the current spread. Um, I think one of the things that you're going to see is the Packers are going to run a uh, schematically a very a very schematically simple game. They're not going to put yeah. anything on film um, that the you know whoever they're playing in the first round uh, is going to look at. So they're going to run a they're going to run th- their their playbook is going to look so simple it'll be it'll it'll look like uh, Adam Gase is calling it like <laughs> it, it, they're going to so, they're going to have they're going to have a three wide receiver set and they're all going to run 5 yard curls or slants or something like that. It's there there's going to be no creativity, there's going to be no variation. They're pro- like what you said, they're probably just going to hand the ball, hand the rock to AJ Dillon and and you know, hey, go go get us four in a pile of dust and we'll come back and do it again and if we punt, we punt, who gives a shit. So, all right. So I've heard from both of you and me as the 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 big Packers fan here. I'm going to disagree with both of you. I think they should go balls to the wall, pedal to the metal the entire game. Here's why. Hang so, 50 on Detroit. <laughs> I'm going to throw some stats at you here in a minute, but to Chance's point, historically, the Packers in particular have been ass anytime they're, they're coming off a bye. <clears throat> the Packers in particular this year have been atrocious in the first quarter. They, they are one of the slowest starting teams in the NFL for some reason. Now, quarters two through four, lighten people up, which is great, but they have not figured out how to get out of the blocks and come playoff time. You're not going to be able to afford that against a team like the Rams, like the Buccaneers. You've got to come out. You've got to establish your game plan and um, immediately and start getting some points on the board. So I think this is the perfect team to do that against Um, the other number. I'm going to throw this here at you. So since 2005, Teams that have clinched a bye before their last game and rested their starters or pulled their QB before halftime are 11 and 13. Teams that did not rest their starters are 28 and 8. You know, could mean nothing, but obviously statistically, the numbers are there. So I do think obviously there's extra importance on having the bye being that there's only one team that can actually earn a bye now. But for the Packers in particular, you've got a few things at play here. Again, the thing that I mentioned getting out of getting off to the slow starts. You've also got Devontae Adams, who missed a game, who's 22 yards away from breaking Jordy Nelson's single season record for the Packers. I think they want to get that out of the way. But they've also got some starters that are ready to come back. They've got all pro David Bakhtiari that's good, that's likely going to play this week and that'll be his first game action in over a year this is the perfect opportunity to start getting his feet wet against a 
a team like the Lions that doesn't have a dominant pass rusher just to get some reps in there and get prepared for the playoffs. Jair Alexander is likely to come back as well. So these are some guys that are have missed most of the season that have an opportunity to start getting some reps in uh, before they see see live action and, you know, the most important game of the year. So um, at the end of the day, guys can get hurt regardless. Uh, they could be they get hurt in practice. Yeah. Last last year, Bakhtiari blew out his knee in practice right before the playoffs. So I don't think you can play too cautious and too conservative, especially uh, when they, and chance to your point, they, they've really been playing a lot of their best ball since he hurt his toe. Um, I think you've got to continue with that momentum um, so that you're not falling flat and seeing a first-round exit as the one seed uh, come playoff time. So. Excuse me. No thoughts on that. Oh, Justin left. What a piece of shit. <laughs> what did oh, you hey, stop? Buddy. Yeah, I did. Dude, I, you're the co-host. <laughs> I'm just like I'm waiting you for gotta, somebody to say something. Keep I it rolling. So I just realized that my laptop had like four percent power. It was about to die. So Mark I had to it. Go plug it in. That was so. my bad. I didn't even see up there. I'm like waiting for a response. <laughs> I caught the video. I was like, oh god damn it. That's all uh, right. The reason I didn't say anything, Tyler, is because your thought on it was a pretty good. That was kind of tough to argue with, but yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Why am I here? <laughs> and I would just be reiterating the points I already made. I mean, I agree with you. I think what they did was smart. Uh, they're going to do what's right for them. Like everybody's going to question whatever they do if they don't win. You know yeah. what I mean? So it doesn't really matter. Like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right? If they set all their starters and then they blow it, even in the NFC Championship game, everybody's going to be like, "Well, they shouldn't have set all their starters." Like I, yep. you know, it's it, it doesn't it, like. Oh, the, the results, what matters, and they know what they need to do. So, all yeah. right. Yeah. Well, let's move on. Let's talk about the AFC playoff picture as it sits right now. So, um, first, well, let, let's do this. First off, let's talk about the bubble teams, and then we'll get into if the playoffs started today, what the matchups look like, who do you like, all that good stuff. So, right now on the bubble, we've got um, realistically. Um, the Steelers and Ravens sitting at the nine and 11 spots here. Oh, I don't know why it's not nine and 10. I'm, what am I missing here? Um, that confused me. Anyway, doesn't matter. So there's mathematical possibilities that the Ravens or Steelers get in. They would need a lot of help though. They need the Colts to lose and the Patriots to lose, I believe. Yes, they need the Colts and the Ravens. And then based on those two teams, there might be a tiebreaker scenario with the Raiders and Chargers. They may need might need one of them to lose one of them to win. So um, possible, not likely that either one of these. I, In my opinion, and I could be wrong, the, really the only realistic chance we have of seeing um, a bubble team get in is if the Raiders do beat the Chargers and, and become the seven seed. I think... That is realistic. So I, I don't see the Colts losing to the Jags. Um, I know I know the statistics that that for whatever reason the Colts suck down in in Jacksonville, but this isn't this is an all time low for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I Colts are going to hang forty on them. Um, is it possible they lose? Yeah, but I don't think it's likely. Um, and other than that, I think the playoff picture is pretty well set. So let's say the the um, the playoffs start today. We've got the Titans as the one seed with a bye. 
We've got Chargers at Chiefs, an uh, interdivisional game. I love that game. That is going to be such a good game. As a Chiefs fan, I'm not looking forward to seeing the Chargers a third time this year because they... Um, they, they gave us everything we could handle in that last game in SoFi Stadium, but it'll be at home. It's like an so. old casting couch, huh? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> 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 All right. We've got... Uh, the Chiefs were the little blonde girl, huh? <laughs> stop it. We've got Colts at Bengals, and that's an interesting one. I don't think they've met this year yet. I, I don't think right. so. No. Uh, and then we've got another interdivisional rivalry, Patriots at Bills. These teams will play at each other for the third time in like six weeks. Yep. They split the first two. Yep. And there's some weird tiebreaker scenario going on right now where if if they both win this week, the Bills win the division, which the only thing I can think of is maybe they have a better interdivisional record. I think that must be the tiebreaker. I can't see it right here. Um, But if the Bills lose to the Jets somehow... Uh, and the Patriots win. The Patriots will win the uh, the AFC East. And the only thing that'll change there is the Bills will go to Foxborough for that first round playoff game. So, do you see any like? All right, let me give you this. If you had to pick an upset here, what's that? What what's that upset going to be? That's thing. I don't I don't know if there necessarily is an upset there. Um, I think all those teams are pretty. Uh, pretty evenly matched for the most part. You know, we, we've seen two of the three games already this year um, and they were all good. <laughs> so um, that's a tough one. You said Bengals play Colts. So I guess that would be the most likely scenario for an upset. I don't think you could really call the other two an upset, but mm-hmm. I could absolutely see Jonathan Taylor, you know, putting up 150 yards on the Bengals and, and uh, knocking the Bengals out pretty early. So mm-hmm. Um, you know, Patriots Bills, that's a toss up to me. Obviously the uh the Chargers Chiefs, that's that's gonna be a fun game. I I, I guess certainly if Mahomes goes out uh, immediately, I that's definitely uh especially in the sports book books world, uh gonna throw a lot of people. So it'll be one of those two. Chance, what do you think? Yeah, I would have to agree. Um I mean the Bills Patriots, it wherever the game is played, I mean it does matter, but it doesn't. It wouldn't be shocking if the Bills lost this week and then turn around and beat the Patriots next week, as mm-hmm. an example, uh, or vice versa. Like that that game that game could be a toss up. Uh, I I would have to say picking the games. Um, I w- I would probably pick the Colts to beat the Bengals, um, just because the Colts are the kind of team you want to be in the playoffs. They run the ball. They play great defense. Like they're not going to let the other team run. Um, and they they have the the horses to go with uh, on defense against Cincinnati's high powered offense. So bunch of good vets there. Yeah, I, I think you win the games in the trenches, and, and certainly uh, Indy is has a much better offensive and arguably defensive line. Bengals actually have a good defensive line, but um, you know when you throw uh, all that the Colts have, and then you throw in Darius Leonard, who's who should be in the conversation for defensive player of the year. Um, it's going to be a tough out for for a young Bengals team. I agree. I'm going to throw a uh, a curveball at both of you because I know Tyler didn't expect this. Um, <clears throat> I love it. I am nervous about the Chargers going to Arrowhead to play the Chiefs. I'm nervous about that game, and here's why. You should uh, be. So they've played <laughs> twice already this year. So they they 
it's kind of i'm not gonna go there but they they've seen both of they've (laughs) what do you say in middle school show me show me yours if you show me mine or whatever like these teams have seen everything that they have to offer so like they they know exactly what's there so Mm -hmm. the chargers in the last game they they were they they outplayed the chiefs in a lot of in a lot of facets they were just allergic to kick and chip shot field goals and they went like one for five on fourth down and that ultimately was the difference in the game right there so um I don't like that matchup really at all. The the Chargers are incredibly explosive. I give the coaching advantage to the Chiefs. I give a, a quarterback advantage to the Chiefs. Weapons slight Chiefs. Uh defense about the same, maybe slight advantage to the Chargers with that nasty pass rush that they have. I think that's going to be a real good game and I have a feeling the Chiefs are going to come out at like 8 point favorites or something like that and the Chargers are going to cover, they're going to make it close, but um but yeah, that's going to be uh that's one that I'm I might uh, pucker up a little bit for. So I like um the one X factor in that game. Um I, I don't know if everybody would agree with this, but I think um, the the Chiefs have uh, kind of shown they may have uh, some firepower there with Derek Gore, their third string running back. I actually think he should be the starter. That, that dude looks good. He looks like an absolute bowling ball every time he touches the ball. Okay, did um, you, were you like me and thought that was Frank Gore when you first saw him out there? Not at all. Okay, <laughs> I saw Gore on the back of his jersey. I'm like, wait a minute, did we turn back the clock? Like, who is this dude? I, I like him a lot, and and Clyde Edwards-Alaire has proven to be a fragile liability for the most part. Daryl Williams has had his chance. I like Derek Gore. I think he's he's looked really good every time he's touched the ball. So, um, you know, it, it certainly adds a layer when when they can establish a tone and um, you know have a, a hammer like Derek Gore. Uh, pounded the rock like that um, it's going to open things up a lot more for that uh, passing game in in Kansas City so that's that's my x factor for the game they're their third string running back <laughs> cool well let's move over to the NFC so we'll talk they, they have a, a simpler um, playoff situation than the AFC but I can't for the life of me figure out and maybe one of y'all can explain this why um, the Eagles have clinched a playoff spot, but the 49ers have not. Is there a tiebreaker there that did they play head to head early in the season that I'm not remembering chance? I, I don't know. I actually, I, I, I could be wrong about this, but is it because the Eagles beat the saints? So they can't possibly lose their playoff spot to the saints. That that's a very good point. That, I think that's moment. what happened. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. And then, oh, and that's right. The 49ers beat the Eagles, so the forty the 49ers have not clinched a playoff. Well, how how is it possible that the 49ers have not clinched a playoff spot yet? Because if um, it must be that if the Saints win and the 49ers lose, the Saints have the tiebreaker. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Okay, so there's some shuffling going on in the last couple wild card spots, but the Eagles are in. They cannot be. They're in the playoffs. They've clinched. So we've got five of uh, six of the seven spots on the NFC side, and it's either going to be the 49ers or the Saints. Sounds like most likely they the 49ers get in with a win or a Saints loss. That's that's kind of how that shakes the out. The 49ers game is not going to be easy to win, though. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Unless, now let's look at the Rams. The Rams, they're in the two spot, and they're... 
the question will be now, do they rest their starters? Do they have guys banged up? Do they not play Matt Stafford? Right now they're four-and-a-half-point favorites, I believe, at home versus the 49ers. Um, and this is the game that I remember earlier in the season when they played the first time because um, uh, the office – except for me, took the Rams to win that game. They were like four-point favorites, and I took the 49ers, and the 49ers just opened up a can of whoop-ass against the Rams. So the Rams have tough uh, have a tough time with this team. So I'm almost wondering, even if they do lose, it, it just changes if their... If they lose, the Cardinals are, are the... are the, the fa- or they, they go up to two, I believe. Or Either way, they win the division. The Cardinals will... Uh, win the division so they get the home game so, the, so, well, do the Card- so if they lose and the cardinals win they're tied so do the cardinals have own a tiebreaker there they have a tiebreaker yeah oh okay so that's so why they're, they're that's why have they have not clinched the division yet so they're gonna yeah. so they're gonna try to win this game yeah okay yeah that so that'll sense. be that'll be pretty interesting and and the the cardinals uh kudos to them for for bouncing back after that miserable loss to the lions um 49ers were were ended up to the end. What fucked them was uh, losing to Seattle, the the lowly Seahawks out mm-hmm. there. Uh, they dropped that game, but Trey Lance played a pretty solid game last week. I don't know if I want him playing playing the Rams with our playoff lives on the line, but um, yeah, I, I guess the mobility helps <laughs> since Aaron gotcha. Donald's going to be chasing his ass down, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, Rams win, and they win the division. They own the number two spot um, because they won head-to-head against Tampa Bay, who's also 12-4 and four in the three spot. Cowboys at four. Um, they're locked in that four spot. There's nothing that they can do to get up to three. Um, so the Cowboys may – oh, no, they've – wait, the Cowboys have already clinched the division. Yeah. This is a meaningless yep. game for them. They meaningless. can't. They can't move. So nope. I'm going to renege on my – Cowboys pick then because I did not realize that they had already clinched the division because um, they're playing the Eagles this week but they they I I, I see it now that I'm looking at it so. they also laid the wood to the Eagles the last time they played and I don't think the Eagles are going to forget that yeah so Eagles money line that might be uh that might be an interesting play that might be an interesting play Cowboys might not show up okay so we've got our, our first round matchups being um Let's hypothetically say 49ers win, 49ers get in. I think that's the most realistic scenario we're looking at. So the 49ers end up being the sixth seed, Eagles at seven. So Eagles traveling to the Rams. We've got the 49ers uh, going to the Bucks, and then we've got the Cardinals going to the Cowboys. I think the obvious upset here would be the game that just happened. So is it an I, upset I, if the Cardinals beat the Cowboys? Who's the underdog? That's a good. I'm really curious to see what that line ends up. I, I will tell you who it will be. It will be the Cowboys. Kyler Murray owns owns. He's just like Aaron Rodgers. The dude is undefeated. He's eight. No, I think in in Jerry World down there. So he's from Dallas. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've actually. It's funny. My sister lives in Dallas. I've actually been to the high school that he played high school ball at. And I swear nice. to God, that stadium is bigger than most D two college stadiums in Michigan. It's it's <laughs> they, unbelievable. They love their football in Texas. They, everything's bigger in Texas. Uh, you know, I I would say that's probably going to be a favorite. Now, I am going to say I think it would be more fun for the Saints to to get in and play the Bucks again for a third time. But we'll we'll go with this scenario. But I, I think that's probably the most exciting matchup um, come first round. 
uh, especially with the Cardinals just just beating the the Cowboys pretty decisively. Um, you know, is is I think Dak's fully healthy seemingly, but the, something still seems off. And I think with um, so Michael Gallup is is done for the season. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. What I do like is. Obviously, what Dallas has done on defense, they hit a home run in Michael Parsons, um, which we talked draft night. I thought he was going to be the best player in this draft, and he's he's just an unbelievable stud. Uh, but unfortunately, the Cowboys do have uh, the Jameis Winston of quarterback or cornerbacks uh, playing in Dallas there with Diggs. That's such a um, funny comp. That dude. Uh, hey, what? He's got 11 or 12 picks, but he also is the only cornerback that has allowed over a thousand yards in receiving. So, uh, <laughs> you know, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions here. Um, That's hilarious. Boom. So the, the one saving grace for the Cardinals is I don't believe Hopkins is going to be healthy enough to come back yet. I think I, I, I had read the earliest he's expected back is the NFC, NFC championship if they get that far, but which they won't didn't seem to matter last last week uh christian kirk kind of lit his ass up all game so Dumbass. <laughs> anybody I that throw has... one drop in i i'm not used to sitting in the producer seat so i I've, I've been ne- neglecting our drops so i had to get one in <laughs> any 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 other um upsets that you anticipate you think the rams can get knocked off a hundred percent i do a hundred percent I do. The Eagles are, like I said, the team over on the AFC side that I can't figure out is the the Raiders. The Eagles are a weird one because if Jalen Hurts gets going, he's hard to stop. They've got a good running game. Now, I think that the Rams have everything they need to handle that, especially on the defensive side of the ball. That's a that's a dark horse team, man. They could get hot. They could, they could take the Cowboys to the woodshed this week, um, get a little bit of a little bit of momentum go out to LA and uh and hand the hand the Rams a big fat L. Do I think that happens? No, but that's an interesting one to me because I looking at these other matchups like the Cowboys and Cardinals that's a toss-up game. Um I mean, I I would probably lean Cardinals to be honest and then 49ers Bucks. I think uh I think Tom Brady will will know how to handle 49ers coming into town, so I'll give you guys a wrinkle, and I know that you set the parameters, Justin. I'm not trying to go against it. I think the Saints make the playoffs. Okay, okay. And because of that, they would actually be the seven. Okay. The Eagles would be the six, and the Eagles knock off Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. That's That would be my upset. Okay. I think the Eagles beat Tampa Bay in the first round. I think Tampa's going out anyways. That's that's not biased because, obviously, I, I, I want – Tampa to, to meet us again in the NFC Championship so bad. <laughs> you guys are going to play the Rams, I think. I, I want to just fuck their face. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the game goes completely different this year. And uh, the only thing that I, I, only reason I would hope against that is because I'm going to both playoff games and that is going to just absolutely annihilate my wallet if I have to pay for Brady Rogers uh, four. So, <laughs> um, for my for my bank account sake, I hope that's not the case. But yeah, if if we can knock them off and get the Super Bowl this year, I'd, I'll be a happy camper. I'm not going to lie, dude. Looking at this NFC playoff picture, if the if the Packers do not get out of the NFC this year, I think that. That's a problem. It's Super Bowl yeah. or bust for this team, and if they don't make it, there, there's, 
the the expectations are so high i get it it's it's like saying a team is super bowl or bust is i i think is a very unrealistic thing in most circumstances i don't think this is one like i'm just looking at these teams they beat the rams this year um have they played any of these other playoff teams now that i'm playing the cardinals they They beat them without that's right you're right they beat them on the road without you know the whole team basically they have not played the cowboys they haven't played the bucks um yeah oh they played the saints and we all know how that went (laughs) (laughs) same with the bucks twice yeah i i I think uh you know rogers legacy is obviously secure in the grand scheme of things but it's going to be a significant knock if they have a a first round exit or an another god forbid another nfc championship loss going one and five Mm -hmm. um it's not gonna be good. Okay, so. so I'm gonna I'm gonna do like a a real quick because we're we're getting up on time and um and we're gonna we're actually gonna roll through the last segment very briefly. But I have one question. And I'm gonna I'm gonna throw to Chance here real quick first because he's the non biased person in the room. Do you think that if Aaron Rodgers gets another ring, that he should be in the goat conversation uh yes i i actually think that he should be in it anyway but i definitely think that if i mean if he wins another ring you look at his regular season statistics Mm -hmm. he'll probably win the mvp again yeah um and i mean that's not even the end of his career so Mm -hmm. you know we have to see where it goes from here but they win if they win a championship this year uh i mean he's got to be right there for sure. So, but and and I hate this about like with some of the like the sports media and some of the debates that are had about the goat conversation and all this stuff. This is one thing I can't stand is like if you just look at the accolades and the Super Bowl comp. Like Tom Brady is the most accomplished quarterback of all time, <laughs> but is he the best? Ah, no. He, Aaron Rodgers has to be in the the most like he. A good comp for Aaron Rodgers would be Dan Marino, I think, because he's just such a good thrower of the football. I think he's better than Marino. Like, let's, that's not an argument I'm trying to make, but it just, as far as like Aaron Rodgers is way more talented than Brady, better arm, better mobility. Um, and I think Brady just, I'm not saying Brady is a system quarterback, but he benefited from such a cohesive relationship with that entire organization for 20 years that he got six Super Bowl rings from it. And, yeah. eight total trips to the Super Bowl, which is just, you know, eight out of 20 years going to the Super Bowl. That's ridiculous. Unheard of. Yeah. So we'll see how many Super Bowls they win. If after this season, Aaron Rodgers goes to the Patriots. Go- yeah. Oh, stop it right now. <laughs> it'll, it'll Nobody work. wants to see that chance. <laughs> I, I just, uh, it's so funny. Listen to Skip Bayless and, and him, the mental gymnastics he jumps through, uh, defending Tom Brady this year and how he's so, somehow had so much less help or uh, talent than Aaron Rodgers has played with. And I'm just like, what? Skip Bayless hates Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's clear. But, um, yeah, it, it, again, to your point, most accomplished versus uh, most talented. And chance, chance, chance is, I think, the first game that we went to when we started to do these Detroit games every year, you know, he, he, he was talking to me and, um, you know, he's like, dude, I uh, knew Aaron Rodgers was good, but seeing him play in person and actually throw the ball in person, he's like, I've, n- I've never seen somebody throw a ball like Aaron Rodgers. It's unreal. And it's true. I mean, uh, anybody watched the game last week, it just 
the the throws that he was dropping into Devontae's Adam Devontae Adams uh basket was were just unreal. Yeah, um, and he had a drop or two. Yeah. That yeah. that just like it was like a, a cover two kind of like he hit it in that that perfect window between the mm-hmm. safety coming down and the cornerback that's playing in press coverage and hit him right in the hands and it went right through it and it, just a stupid throw. That's going to count as an incompletion against Rodgers, but my God, that was a great throw. Other than the game against the Saints this year, and I know that there was a lot of extraordinary circumstances that went into that game, I can't remember watching another game where I watched and I felt like Aaron Rodgers looked like he was overwhelmed. The yeah. game the game moves slower to him. Now, yeah. it it all – and I'm not going to – I know we can segue into this. We could talk about it forever. The comparison I would make is actually Mahomes. The game moves slower for Mahomes, too. You can tell by the way that he plays and the things that he does. Um, he obviously still has an entire career to go. But as great as Brady is, he doesn't have that where Rodgers does, where you can tell that he's he's just playing on another level from all the other players on the field. Mm-hmm. It's why he doesn't throw pick sixes. You can't, you can't cut off any of his passes because he never makes a mistake like that. Yeah. Most of his interceptions are just hitting a guy in the hands and then the ball ends up in a corner's hands. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, we'll see what happens. I, I think he's locked up MVP unless he, he plays this first half and throws four interceptions. I don't think he goes to anyone else. There's just, there's just no chance. But. Well, I know we're getting short on time, but I'll throw a question out to you guys. If Rodgers isn't the MVP, who is? Joe Burrow, 100%. Joe Burrow. That'd get my vote, too. And, and, I would vote and and actually so we we're on we're on track right now because you you just segued you segued into the next item on the list but um if you look at Joe Burrow's stats like you can like regardless of not if Aaron Rodgers is a bad guy you can actually make a pretty strong argument for Joe Burrow to be the MVP just based on the numbers I mean forty six hundred yards like this is a great like he's gonna pl- like he could be playing another game if he was playing on. Um, on on Sunday, there's a very realistic chance he throws for five thousand this year. How many quarterbacks have done that in the history of the NFL? I get it's a seven. I get it's a seventeen game season, so it's different. But it, I I don't give a shit. Like that's super impressive to throw for five grand. Yeah. Um, well, and I think. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go for it. I I think the the biggest factor that has to go into, um, Joe Burrow. I, obviously, we know we know he's got weapons. His O line is still god awful, and even though he was hurt last year, at the end of the day, the Bengals were a four and eleven team, and nobody had any idea if Zach Taylor was actually a good coach last year. So, uh, for them to, was there anybody that picked the Bengals to win the division this year? I would think no. almost everybody would pick them to be in last. Yeah, going yes. into the season, you know, we we all have been singing Joe Burrow's praises on this show, and. Um, historically, I mean, the dude's a stud, but, um, for them to have the turnaround that they did and yeah, he's, he's had some rough games, but, um, I would say of the MVP candidates, when you're looking at, uh, you know, Burrow and Rogers and Brady, certainly an argument could be made that maybe he's doing, uh, the most with the least amount, um, you know, especially defensively, um, so I, I think, especially in the division that they play in where everybody, uh, had a shot up until last week to, to win that division. Joe, Joe Burrow would probably get my vote. Yeah. And I could, I would definitely agree. You mentioned Brady. I personally would put Jonathan Taylor ahead of Brady. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I wouldn't put Brady third. He would be somewhere down the list, but but it would be Burrow and then Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Well, uh, do you think Cooper Cup should have any consideration? Oh yeah, I could off? definitely see that too. He would also be ahead of Brady. Yeah. In that conversation. I mean, I mean, you could, if, 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 if it wasn't such a quarterback centric award and I'm not taking anything away from Rogers and Burrow, it just is what it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, Cooper cup and Jonathan Taylor both belong in that conversation in the first place. I mean, hundred, they should probably as consolation prizes, at least both be um, well, cup should do they Could they do separate offensive player of the year awards, right. In the, in the divisions. I know that, um, they won't for MVP, so Burrow would have to win it in the AFC, but I think Cooper yeah. Cup probably deserves that award mm-hmm. in the NFC. I wish they, they did a smaller it. award. I wish they not. did all of those awards like MLB does. You have your AL MVP and your NL MVP. Like I, Silver Slugger and all that stuff. Yeah, I really wish. That's the one thing that I think MLB does better than. Um, there's such a distinction between the two leagues. Um, I think they do that better than the NFL because I think that um, – and like a pitcher, they have a Cy Young award for the pitcher, but it's not, it's not, it's it doesn't happen all the time, but it's not uncommon for a pitcher to win MVP. I believe the last person to do it was actually Verlander back in 2012. But, um, but yeah, I would, yeah, I would, I, lo- I, I would like to see an NL and nationally or NFC, AFC MVP. That would oh, be cool. another, sorry to keep going on. Another person you could throw in the MVP conversation is Kelsey from the Chiefs. That's an interesting one. When's the last time a tight end won an MVP? Probably never. Never? never? I would assume Tony, never. Tony Gonzalez never won it? No. No. Nope. No, I uh, I actually I don't think Jonathan Taylor should. I, I know we can uh, argue the limitations of uh, Carson Wentz. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we, we know that. Yeah. Um but Car- Carson Wentz day, was limited was limited with the Eagles. He had a, one great season, but he was pretty limited otherwise. But he, going to a brand new system, I think he I think he's exceeded expectations. Yeah, I for me with with Taylor, it's, it's tough because you know he's playing against one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Which that's not to discredit him. Obviously, he's been un unbelievable but at the end and this is why neither one of those players are going to get serious mvp consideration if you're a skill position unless you are breaking uh an all-time record and having a record-setting season you're not going to sniff mvp jonathan taylor hasn't even hit 2000 he's, he's at 2000 yards scrimmage uh right now but you know he's he did, he's not having an adrian peterson season where he's rushed for 2000 yards uh cooper cup on the other hand is flirting with the triple crown he's um uh, what 70 or what is it? It's like 90 yards behind the all time um, receiving yards in a season. So I, I certainly think that cup um, has more credence both as an MVP and um, the offensive player of the year over Jonathan Taylor. Again, not, not to discredit Jonathan Taylor has been absolutely phenomenal, but there's nothing there that makes this an all time. Let's get some playoff football. I'm excited to, to see you guys this Sunday and then uh, go to the game and yes. uh, cheer on the Packers. I think it's going to be an awesome time. I bought a Lions t-shirt at Meyer just to mess with you. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to set it on fire. <laughs> uh, I'll bring bring a Favre jersey for you to wear. Dude, that would be cool. I would wear it over the Lions jersey. 
<laughs> we, we we rocked that was it last year we had the uh fire martha shirts under so oh that's we'll wonderful. be doing the same thing <laughs> cool chance well hey can't thank you enough for uh coming on the show and i think the i mean good chemistry here i think we'll have you back in the future if you can swing it so uh appreciate it Awesome. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. It's been a blast. All right. On behalf of myself, Tyler Chance, and producer Joe, uh, we want to say thank you for tuning in tonight. Um, If this is your first time listening to the Wealthy Sports Lounge, we encourage you to follow and subscribe on all podcast platforms, Spotify and Apple specifically. Also, go ahead and check us out on the Rutkowski Podcast Network on Facebook. We would love to uh, hear from you, interact with you online. And again, thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you on the other side. Dumbass.